Welcome to the Daily Dharma, a podcast where we draw inspiration from Buddhist philosophy on how to fix and better our lives. Join us as we dig through the archives of Buddhist texts, great teachers, and real life to grab an extra hit of wisdom to lift us up from the daily grind and find much needed peace. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Daily Dharma. In this episode, we're going to be talking about right thought and how right thought as a facet of the Noble Eightfold Path is a lot more accessible than we initially think of it. So to begin, this is a continuation of my series here where we are dissecting and going into the deeper core components of each facet of the Eightfold Path. And for those of you who have not heard of the Noble Eightfold Path, it is essentially an eight-step process of how to gain enlightenment. And I think you can substitute enlightenment for happiness, for serenity, for peace. Enlightenment is, of course, one of those very lofty concepts. And to be fully honest, it is not really relevant to everyday life. But the Eightfold Path, though, is essentially the formula or a set of instructions of what to think about and what to guide you when you're wondering, how do I be a good person? How do I lead a happy life? How do I reduce my own suffering and those of others and increase my happiness and those of others? And that's kind of what the Noble Eightfold Path is guiding us in doing. And of course, it is... um, I would have to say in the past when I've heard of the Noble Eightfold Path, I just felt it wasn't for me because just the way that it's explained is just very dense and very high and, and, and sort of like very lofty. And I think often when spiritual teachings are explained in a way that isn't simple and accessible, it's so easy to just let it pass over your head and to think it's not applicable. But many, many, many years later, after I heard the Noble Eightfold Path, I started reading different interpretations and texts about it. And I realized that actually, this is a really instrumental and fundamental teaching in Buddhist philosophy, and also that it's a lot easier and a lot more accessible than I initially thought. So in this episode, I wanted to focus on right thought. And of course, even just saying right thought seems to denote that we have to be right in how we think. But I actually like to think of it as this the this is the guide. This is the ideal scenario. And this is just a gentle reminder of understanding that when you're observing your thoughts, there are some thoughts that are more likely to lead to pain. And there are some thoughts that are more likely to lead to happiness and joy. So to begin, I'm going to read a paragraph from the article that I found that describes this really well. Um, And this is essentially from the Buddhist magazine, the Buddhist online magazine, The Noble Eightfold Path, meaning... So the official title, and I'm looking at the website right now, is The Noble Eightfold Path, the Buddha's Practical Instructions to Reach the End of Suffering. And it's by a monk called Walpola Sri Rahula. 
Um, and I'm only going to read one paragraph from it, focusing on right thought. But in case you wanted to read the full article, I've linked it in our link tree, which can be found in our Instagram bio. So if you want to read the full article, as well as the author's really beautiful explanation of it, please go ahead and take a look right there. So right thought. Right thought denotes the thoughts of selfless renunciation or detachment, thoughts of love and thoughts of nonviolence, which are extended to all beings. It is very interesting and important to note here that thoughts of selfless detachment, love, and nonviolence are grouped on the side of wisdom. This clearly shows that true wisdom is endowed with these noble qualities and that all thoughts of selfish desire, ill will, hatred, and violence are the lack of a result of lack of wisdom in all spheres of life, whether individual, social, or political. So I think that was a lot, but really at the core of it, what the author is kind of talking about is three key ways by which we can use our thoughts to steer us in the right direction spiritually. And that is to identify and know and also encourage ourselves to lean more towards love, nonviolence, and selfless renunciation slash detachment. Now, when talking about these things, I feel like, again, like it's so easy to lose your train of thought. I find that to be the case with me because love is such a huge thing. And so is selfless detachment. And so is thoughts of nonviolence. But I think at the end of the day, what this is really telling us is that these are, when we have these kind of thoughts, we're leading ourselves in the right direction. So when you're mindful of your own thoughts and you realize that you're speaking in anger, you're speaking in sadness, you're speaking with a lot of hatred and ill will, all of the things that are kind of in opposition to these emotions, it's a signal for you to understand, okay, I know I'm feeling that, I accept that I'm feeling that, but now that I'm aware of this thought, I'm going to choose to be kind to it because I know through wisdom that these thoughts of violence, these thoughts of ill will, of hatred, these thoughts that are not love, nonviolence, and detachment, selfless detachment, um, just to emphasize that, I think selfless detachment is detachment that is about giving and not about hurting. And of course, we can do an entire episode on that. But I think in general, detachment, especially when we talk about Buddhist philosophy, is always used in a way in a very negative context. But I think it's very important to note that detachment does not need to be negative. In fact, detachment can be really letting go of the things that are burdening you, letting go of the weight, letting go of all of the things that are stressing you out that we're clinging to. So anyhow, back to the initial um, thought that I was explaining is really, this is just a temperature of understanding, you know, whether or not these thoughts should be actioned, whether or not you should be speaking after having thoughts like this, because we all have these dark thoughts. But 
when you are able to just take that second to just take note of exactly how you're feeling and what you're thinking, and you hear the kind of thoughts that are not in alignment with what we call right thought in this scenario, that is a cue for you to understand, all right, I am not my best right now. I am not really acting slash thinking in alignment with my, I would say, my best self, my spiritual self, my spiritual path. Because the goal of spiritual growth and learning is really to become happy. And really what right thought is all about is understanding how to identify whether or not your thoughts lead to happiness or not. And when you know that your thoughts are more in darkness rather than light, that you are wise enough to identify that and not listen to your own thoughts of harm, of hatred, of ill will. And I think this is this is the most important thing to remember is that in learning about and trying to walk the Eightfold Path, it's not about achieving perfection. It's about understanding how to steer yourself in the right direction. Because of course, there's so much more to life than just the Eightfold Path. These are just guiding poles. These are just little tidbits of inspiration and guidance for us to keep in mind as we are walking the path. There's so much more exploration and curiosity involved. There's so many gaps that we have to fill ourselves, but these are just guiding kind of markers just to let us know this is the direction we need to go in. And in terms of right thought, it is in the direction of love. It is, it is in the direction of self selflessness, self selfless detachment, and of nonviolence. So to end off today's episode, I wanted to share, of course, my favorite source of stories, Ajahn Brahm. And he has this beautiful story in his book, Who Ordered This Truckload of Dung? And for those of you who have been listening to me for a while, I promise I will find another book of stories. But I just, I love these stories so much, and I feel like they resonate so well with Dharma and with Buddhist philosophy. So I'm just going to leave you with a story of Ajahn Brahm, and hopefully you'll enjoy it as much as I did. So Ajahn Brahm talks about how important it is for himself, as well as all of his monks and all the people in the community to keep a very tidy temple. He wants the temple to be a place of cleanliness, and he never wants his monks to ever do things or behave in a way that is disrespectful to the effort and the energy and the generosity of his lay followers. So one day when he was just walking out in front of the garden around the temple, he noticed that there was a rusted hammer and he was very unhappy about this rusted hammer because he immediately thought a lay person who was very generous must have saved a long time to get us this hammer. And here we are leaving it out in the sun, letting it get rusty and just not giving enough gratitude and treating this person's generosity with the respect that it deserves. So incredibly sternly, he called a meeting, an emergency meeting with all of his uh, monks. And he said to them, 
Well, you know, all of the things we have here in this temple are because of the generosity of our lay followers and our lay supporters. So we cannot do things like leave a hammer just out there, sitting in the sun to the point that it gets rusty. And he noticed that nobody said anything. Everyone was very tight-lipped and he was very, very disappointed because he thought at least when, when the situation was explained that the perpetrator would step forward and confess and apologize for their mistake and that they would learn. But then when he actually walked out of that meeting feeling very upset, it was only then that he remembered that he himself was the one who actually left the hammer out in the lawn. So he laughed himself, he collected himself, and he apologized to all of the bunks that he had chided and said, I am the one that left it out mistakenly, and I am the one who needs to really understand the lesson here. So I think the reason why I wanted to share that story is because so often in our minds and in our thoughts, we like to condemn people. We like to think that other people are always wrong and that we are always right. And as much as that is a very protective and very easy way to kind of mentally protect yourself, I think it's also very lonely and it can lead to a lot of anger and frustration generated within yourself if you're always con condemning and judging others. And I think really like the lesson of that story is that, you know, even when other things and bad things and also people are not doing things that are really loving and kind around you, take a moment to pause before you really start to condemn and to blame and to guilt. Because just like we generate a lot of unnecessary thoughts, negativity, or rather really hurtful thoughts about ourselves, we also do that towards other people. But we may never really understand what is the best course of action in this situation if that's where we put our focus. Instead, if you choose to be kind, and if you choose to understand that they're human just like us, and that we too make mistakes, we too have been the bad person in situations, we can generate kindness in our thoughts instead of darkness, which is anger and frustration and blame. So I think this comes to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I apologize for uploading one day late, but if you actually found the episode still and listened to it, thank you very much. And I hope everyone has a very safe and peaceful week. Thank you for listening.